This is episode 117, moving from awareness about your issues to actually making changes with Natalie. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is such an important episode because I know so many of you that listen are really into personal growth and you have a lot of awareness. You've gotten a lot of awareness about yourself by listening to the show and awareness is great, but it's only a step to actually make changes in our life. We have to take that awareness and shift it into changes, changes in the way we think, changes in the way that we react to our feelings and process our feelings, changes in our behavior, changes in how we relate to ourselves, the world, And not from the perspective that there's anything wrong with us or that we're broken, but more from, wow, I have all this awareness. Now what am I going to do with it? Awareness is like having a very well-stocked kitchen, but never using anything, like never having any food in the fridge to cook and never using any of your fancy appliances or knives or anything like that. It is through the integration that we actually start to cook things up and create things in our life. This will make a lot more sense after you listen to my call with Natalie, and I'm actually going to expand on it even more in my breakdown after the show, so make sure to listen to that. Also, tune into this weekend's Coach's Corner. I'm going to be going off a little bit on ghosting and flaky behavior. Ooh, is that one of my pet peeves? I will admit when I've gotten ghosted or people are flaky with me, I am not super evolved (laughs) in my reaction. And it's really been something that I've had to look at not taking personally. So I've studied it a little bit from kind of the human behavior and psychological perspective. And I'm going to talk about that this weekend in Coach's Corner. Also, if you aren't signed up for my weekly blogs and vlogs, please go to christinehasser.com and do that. I'm releasing one this week on loneliness. Loneliness is, ooh, that's a big one, not just during the holiday season, but so many of us live alone or even live with people and feel alone. So I'm going to be talking about ways that you can deal with loneliness and, and have a different experience of it in this week's blog and blog. So make sure to go to christinehasler.com and sign up for that. So like I said, this call with Natalie is really about moving from awareness to integration. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you having a bit of a challenge moving from awareness to integration? Like you can relate to having this awesome kitchen where you've got all the tools and fancy, you know, Cuisinards and whatever. You can tell I'm not a chef. You've got all that in there, but you don't know how to cook anything up. You know a lot. You can analyze yourself. However, the changes aren't happening. Next, do you have a parent who's been absent in some way via divorce, death, emotional unavailability, and you sense that could be impacting your current romantic relationship status or relationship? Can you relate to the feeling of being anxious in relationship because of a fear that the person may leave or take their love away or stop liking or loving you? And when it comes to trust, how are you at trusting others? More importantly, do you trust yourself? How are you at keeping your word with yourself? 
So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Natalie. But first, let's just talk about this time of year. The holiday season tends to be a time when many of us go off the rails a bit when it comes to food and drinking. Holiday parties, treats at the office or as gifts, and just the groupthink mentality that this is the time of year to indulge and overeat all make making healthier choices a little harder, which is why the most common New Year's resolution is to go on some kind of diet. But honestly, diets just don't work, especially any kind of crash diet where we go from eating whatever we want to restriction. So my encouragement to you is to get off the dieting cycle and incorporate a healthy lifestyle. You need a little help with that? Then I encourage you to try Noom. Noom gives you the motivation and guidance to make a true lifestyle change. Noom is a modern weight release program that turns temptations into behavior breakthroughs. You get a customized course designed by psychologists, nutritionists, and physicians all on your phone. This is way more than logging meals. Noom uses psychology to transform your bad habits and replace them with new healthy habits without making you feel deprived. You get 24-7 access to your own personalized coach and support group. I love that. I mean, you know how much I value coaching. Over two-thirds of Noom users experience transformational weight loss within 16 weeks. Just give it 10 minutes a day. So join the 45 million people who've taken the first steps towards their new lifestyle with Noom. Release weight and keep it off. So go to Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash over it right now to get your first two weeks of Noom for free, plus up to 50% off your subscription. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash over it to start your free two-week trial and get up to half off your subscription. Noom.com slash over it. And now on to my coaching session with Natalie. Natalie, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Uh, thank you for having me. My question, I guess, is now that I am aware of the issues in my past that I think uh, have led me to um, repeat some patterns, uh, especially regarding relationships, being aware of that, how do I actually get my path clear for the future to, to be in happier relationships and also to be um, happier with myself? Mm. I thought just um, being aware of those issues and um, putting a good effort in forgiving the people in my past would do the trick, but <laughs> I can tell that I'm still stuck in the same sure. circles and sure. um, not much has changed. Well, this is a beautiful question that is going to help so many people. So thank you for asking it. And what you're really talking about is is moving from awareness to integration. And I wrote an article probably about a year ago about the different phases of personal growth. And I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. But this is a big one. Um, and this is where a lot of people get stuck. This is where I've gotten stuck in the past too. Because we think just knowing something, we have these amazing aha moments, we can psychoanalyze ourselves to death, we can connect the dots, and, and we get it consciously, but it's like, why isn't it changing? And there's a few reasons. One, the conscious mind is only responsible for about 3 to 5% of our behavior, which means the unconscious, the stuff that's kind of filed away in our memory bank, all our old limiting beliefs and programming and patterns and feelings and issues and all that kind of stuff drives so much of our behavior. So 
part of personal development is bringing what's in the unconscious to the conscious. And then really integration is about behavior changes. It's about behavior changes and it's about belief changes because you, how old are you now? I'm 30. You're 30. And when did you like really get on the path of personal growth and started to have a lot of awareness? I would say about two years ago, I actually started working harder on it. Great. So you've got 28 years yes. of programming <laughs> and experiences and two years of awareness. So what do you think wins? Yeah, my, yeah. my past. Exactly. I, I'm used to doing things. Exactly. For a while until there's, there's new programming that comes in. And it's also just understanding, you know, and that's one of the reasons I love doing this show. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a licensed psychologist, but I have a lot of understanding about psychology and about how our parenting, our upbringing, things that happen to us affect mm-hmm. us psychologically, which then drives behavior. So first I want to say to you, be more patient with yourself and be more patient with the way things are unfolding because the frustration that comes from having awareness but not being able to create different results often creates a lot of self-criticism. Do you experience that at all? Like, I know so much, why aren't That's things changing? That's spot on. Okay. That's spot on. Okay. That's not helping because I would guarantee you that self-criticism is one of your core issues that is preventing you from having what you want. So being critical about the pace of your development and your ability to manifest and co-create things or change things is not helping. So first, can you just accept where you are? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, it's, it would be a, a stop and look in the mirror and make peace with it. But yeah, I think I am able to do that. Wonderful. And, and when I say accept where you are, I'm not saying you have to be resigned. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you have to just be like, all right, well, this is the way it is and whatever. It's just, it's just, I accept where I am in this moment and I'm committed to continuing to grow and create things in my life. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Wonderful. So knowing that, let's just talk briefly about some of the core issues or limiting beliefs that you've identified in your life that have been a bit of a roadblock so far, just so I have some context. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was very young, I was three years old, my father had an affair and he left my mom. I think it's an unusual uh, story because four years later, um, he regretted his decision and he came back. But while he was away, I mean, not married to my mom, he was a present father. Uh, and my mom would always say, look, your father has made a lot of mistakes as a husband, but he has been an exceptional father. So you guys have nothing to complain about. And I think, and he is still to this day, very supportive and loving. They're, they're married again, and it's almost been 40 years now and all of that. So because I had a very loving and supporting relationship with my mom and my dad, regardless what happened, I didn't feel like I was entitled to be angry at him. 
because I remember vividly my mom saying that. And as much as I think, you know, it is wise for her to not put us against my father just because of her own anger. I also felt, I did feel anger. I, I did feel betrayed. And I, I do feel like I don't, for one, I don't, overall, I don't trust men. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think that one day or another, they're going to, you know, betray you or, and, and I also noticed that I have the issue with abandonment. Mm-hmm. Um, I become dependent in my relationship with men because it's almost like I'm reliving that time of my life. Right. So do you become, when you're in a relationship with men, does your fear of abandonment make you pretty clingy with them? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say clingy because, um, I, I have a big personality and, and thank God a lot going on for myself individually, but more, uh, really demanding of validation and reassurance, yeah. more reassurance all the time. I need to be reassured of their love and, and, you know, displays of affection yeah. to constantly remind me that they're not just going to walk out the door. Right. Right. So, you, you know, when your father left, you were three years old. That's pretty young. Do you actually have memories of the three years he was gone? Yes. Okay. Um, he would come and visit. And the single memory I have is um, we had this um, wooden floor that it was a really long hall. Uh, that would lead to the to the main entrance, and I would just cling to his trousers, and he would drag me uh, all the way to the door, and I was crying and screaming and begging him to stay, mm-hmm. and he was also shattered in tears, mm-hmm. but he he was trying to explain to me why he had to leave, mm-hmm. and I always felt like you don't have to, you just you can just want to stay and stay. Right. Okay. Okay. So. Is it really true that you didn't trust your dad? Um, possibly. I think um, we always have that hero, perfect images of our fathers. And then when you, when you get a little bit older and you realize what, what, he, what he, it meant that he did, mm-hmm. I even created my own story. I've been in therapy before because of this. And um, I blocked that story of the cheating part um, from my mind until I was 12 or 13 and I I whenever someone would ask me about it I would say yeah no my father left because my my parents used to argue a lot and then one 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 time my mom saw me saying that and she said where did you get that from that's mm-hmm. not what happened mm-hmm. and I said I generally didn't remember and said, okay, so what happened? Well, your father had another woman and then that's why he left. Mm -hmm. And that very day I lashed out on my dad Mm -hmm. and pointed my finger at his face and, you know, and, and, and put all all my anger out. Mm -hmm. And it was like I was being betrayed at that very moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that I, that all the loving memories that I had of him were actually a lie. Right. Right. Okay. So I think there's a couple layers of this. I think that before the I don't trust men, there was heartbreak. Like that image of you clinging onto his leg, leaving, because it just really shows how much you loved him and how connected you were to him and how much you wanted him to stay. 
So I think that there was a heartbreak at a very, very, very young age. And then the anger developed on top of that. Yeah. So underneath the, I don't trust men, that's almost the belief that protects you. It but, is but the very co- much so. Yeah, but the core of this is I'm afraid men will hurt me. I'm afraid my heart's going to get broken again. Mm-hmm. That's that's really at the at the bottom. So there's some healing work for you to do between you and your little girl inside who might have taken a little bit of this personally and who also might have taken on because it's very natural in a situation like that for a child to take on the other parent's pain as well. So even though your mom was saying, you know, don't be angry at him, he's a great dad, just not a great husband, you might have also taken on some of her pain and some of her anger. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Also because she, she it left us, um, me, her, and my brother in a very – um, difficult situation in our lives. Um, so I think she went through a lot and years of, um, of hardship because of his poor choices. Right. Right. I understand that. So I'm reading a book right now. Um, I'm actually listening to it on audible. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's called attached And it talks about the different attachment styles that we develop as children. And there are three kinds, secure, anxious, and avoidant. And I'm not going to diagnose you with one, one, because I'm not qualified Mm -hmm. to, and two, because I think it'd be more useful for you. And I'm not recommending this to you so that you can have more psychoanalysis. I'm recommending this to you so maybe you can have some understanding and some more tools in terms of why you're having the relationship kind of patterns and blocks and frustrations that you're having. So that's one thing I would recommend. Does that sound like something you would do and something that could be helpful? Yeah, definitely. So I would guess that you have a little bit of an anxious attachment style. And that is um, characterized by some of the things you've talked about, having one parent leave, not be there, and and having a lot of anxiety about needing that reassurance, making sure someone's not going to leave. If you don't hear from someone for for a while, it's it's very uncomfortable. Like th- that that's you mentioned the word dependent earlier. Those mm-hmm. are that's typical of that anxious attachment style. So I think it might be helpful for you to look at that because it'll give you some tools in terms of the kind of people to be in relationship with, understanding kind of psychologically what's going on so that you can shift it. Because one of the things that's really helped me in moving from awareness to integration is understanding what's psychologically going on. And sometimes we can have a lot of self-awareness, like there's a lot of like self-help, self-awareness out there, but it misses some of the the actual science of psychology. And Mm -hmm. when we have some of that true psychology, (laughs) then it helps us go, oh, wait, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and this is what I can do to change. This is like a healthy change that I can do to to create a different result. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I've been through um, so many uh, different uh, books and techniques and all of that. Uh, And 
still, like you said, it lacks a little bit of the practical side. So, okay, I am mindful and aware. And now what do I do with that? Exactly. Exactly. And when you know you have this attachment style, you can, and again, I'm just guessing it's anxious, but you'll, you'll read the book and you'll decide for yourself. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. When you know you have that, it's like, okay, this is not actually me. This is sort of my attachment style. So this is like the natural way I connect. I'm going to like choose a new behavior in this. Like I think that will help you. So that's the first thing. The other thing is, you know, so much of what this comes back to is are we parenting ourselves, and you feeling safe with you? So I want to ask you this. How are you at keeping your word with yourself? How are you at making self-honoring choices? How are you at setting and keeping boundaries? Um, not very good. Okay. So this is great information. Not because <laughs> I don't want you to be good mm-hmm. at those things, <laughs> but this is another key reason why things aren't changing. Because anything that I don't trust men, it's it's also I don't trust me. And whenever you're not making self-honoring decisions, honoring boundaries, good with self-care, keeping your word with yourself, it reinforces I can't trust myself. So rather than going out and looking for a man to trust, Natalie, it's so important for you to really, really make a conscious agreement with yourself, a promise to yourself, a vow with yourself that you will stop abandoning yourself. Yeah. Uh, one of the podcast episodes uh, that I listened to was with you and, you know, another woman who had also issues when in relationships and it resonated a lot with me because you were talking about authenticity and that, that episode really changed a lot in me already in knowing that it's so good when you, when you allow yourself to be yourself and you don't, and you, once you're in a relationship that starts demanding you to change, to stay in it, you have to, to commit to being able to leave that type of situation. And that's, that's where I fail. That's, I, I compromise too much mm-hmm. to stay in relationships just for the sake of, you know, having, having that comfort. Yeah. 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 And that again is you trying to fill a void that, that imprint was there by dad, but now you're reinforcing it by not filling it inside yourself. So everything that you wanted your dad to be, everything that you want a man or a partner to be, you need to be that for you. Yeah. Because again, I'm still reading the book that I referred to, but Mm -hmm. separate from that, just in my own personal experience and my own work with thousands of people at this point, who we're attracted to and the kind of relationships we have change most dramatically when our relationship with ourself changes. Because until we fulfill the needs in ourselves that we wanted our parents to fill that they weren't able to for whatever reason, and all our parents are spiritual teachers, we are looking for a partner to do that. And so our relationships are more what I call issue-based relationships. When we start giving ourselves what we're looking for in someone else, aka a parent, (laughs) when we start being that parent to ourselves, 
it changes the kind of people we're attracted to. Now, in any relationship, especially a romantic relationship, people are going to trigger us, we're going to grow, and all of those kinds of things. However, it's different to approach a relationship not looking for that person to heal a childhood wound. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be very different. Yeah. And your kind of biggest thing is around trust and someone not leaving. But just by being so honest with my questions, which I really acknowledge you for, you're not being a good parent to yourself in terms of keeping your word and self-care and all those kinds of things. So you asked me, how do I move from awareness to integration? A huge step for you is going to be shifting how you are with yourself. So can you give me some examples of ways you break your word with yourself, of ways you abandon yourself, of ways you reinforce this distrust? Yeah. Um, lots. <laughs> I, I'm a very, um, spiritual person. I come from a very spiritual family and we believe in self-development, you know, studying our religious books and, um, doing a lot of volunteer work, charity work as a way of improving ourselves. And often when something, I'm really good at that when I'm by myself, mm -hmm. but usually when I get in a relationship, I kind of let it go a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also with meditation and all of these mindful exercises that I know are really good for my anxiety that, you know, put me back into my uh, best self, I get distracted. I guess distracted mm -hmm. is my soft word for myself because I actually just disengage from those mm -hmm. things as in, okay, what I wanted uh, was, you know, something to, to feel the void mm -hmm. and someone is feeling that void for the moment. So right. I, I don't need this right. and going for this quick fixes. Right. So if we look at this from the spiritual perspective, one of your soul lessons is to learn how to fulfill your own need and to learn how to trust yourself and to learn how to uh, rely on your inner resources. And you pick the perfect dad in the perfect situation. It's the perfect setup for what you're here to learn. And, yes. you know, we learn through contrast. We learn through our suffering. So you, you know, you're aware of this, you know, you distract, you know, you disengage. So again, you're asking me, how do I make the changes? You have to be super committed to actually making the changes. And, you know, what I, and this is very common. We Sometimes we want what we want. Like we just want the great relationship. I've done the work. I have the awareness. I've forgiven my father. Now why can't I have the relationship? Yeah. And we skip over, oh, I haven't done, like I haven't really done the deep internal shift in terms of my relationship with myself. You've abandoned your little girl. And you're like, oh, no, 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 sweetheart. We're just going to like go out and get a man and that's going to make it all better. And she's like, no, I want you. Yeah, I guess it it would be listen to, listening to you now. What it what it brings to me is that um, she would say to me, um, "I need you to be, um, you know, a strong woman and independent, fully independent, 
and having your emotional tools mm -hmm. because then we'll never need to be afraid of anyone leaving again because you're good enough on your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So there's a couple layers to that. The first one is go in and let her feel her feelings and cry her tears about mm -hmm. the heartbreak. She really loved her dad and she felt rejected, left, all that kind of stuff by him. Yeah. And then it's checking in with her every day and asking her what she needs and making some agreements about how you're going to be. Are you in a relationship right now? No, I okay. just recently broken up. Okay. Okay. That's probably a good thing because now you have a moment to just become a really great partner with yourself. But yeah. in that, you might even want to make some agreements in terms of if you get into a future relationship, what you won't do, like you'll keep your meditation practice and, and you'll, you'll keep your, your focus and your self-honoring choices, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and what I recommend, and you've probably heard me say this on the show, is get a picture of her at three, four, five years old and start really connecting and start loving her up and start parenting her in kind of that fatherly way that she didn't have with making sure she feels safe, making sure that you're in integrity with yourself, making sure that you're doing your meditation if you plan to. Because every time you say, okay, I'm going to meditate tomorrow morning, and then you don't, it reinforces the distrust and the abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Just the, the crossroads. This is the crossroads is, is really... And this is the part we have control over, right? You can't mm -hmm. go out and find some man to date and, and control it and make it happen. And that's going to make everything all better. But you can, I don't love to use the word control, but you do have choice over how you are with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just thinking of me in that age just brings tears to my eyes yeah. because I can, I can feel the loneliness again so, and, the, and the rejection. What would that little, like, just let that emotion speak. What would that little one say? Um, I guess she would, she's just looking around and asking to be acknowledged. Because what, what actually ha also happened a lot was that not only my father left, but my mom had this, um, she has had a habit of blaming me a lot for bad things that were going on, um, that weren't necessarily my fault. Like I always, I was always really, um, bossy with other children and I would often got, get in trouble and it became a thing that she didn't even want to know what was going on because she knew that if, if, you know, if I had gotten into a fight with in school or anything, she would already assume it was my fault. So my whole childhood was, um, about, Oh, Natalie, what, what have you done now? Mm. Like, mm -hmm. so I think, um, she's feeling a little bit, um, not a little bit, probably a lot, um, abandoned from, from yeah. my father's side, but also, uh, that my mom didn't totally get me. She didn't really understand that what I was trying most often than not was pick, you know, just buying into other people's fights and trying to stand up for mm -hmm. someone who wouldn't stand up for, for themselves. I was trying to go do a good thing and I would very, very often be punished for it. Right. And this again, so this is a huge soul lesson for you. Trust, 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 trust. Cause your own mom doubted your word. Yeah. 
So this is why keeping your word with yourself is so important. So important. And here's what was probably really happening. To be cheated on, as you can imagine, does some damage to one's self-confidence. Even if the person comes back, it's something that many people take extremely personally. And she probably had a lot of anger, not only at him, but of herself. She probably doubted herself. She might have even doubted him for taking him back. And she might have been worried for a very long time that it was going to happen again. And so some of her doubt and her anger and her frustration leaked out on you. And so what's important is to just give that back to her. You know, I forgive you, mom, and I give this back to you. Yeah. But it's time to really start trusting yourself, trusting your word when you have the intuitive nudges that I'm guessing that you have quite often and don't act on, start acting on them. Stop running to other people for advice about what you should do. Really listen within and, and trust, trust, trust. I trust myself. I trust life. I keep my word with myself. Embody integrity. Really look at what it really means. So again, you have a lot of awareness. I gave you a resource in the book attached. And mm-hmm. to move this from into awareness to integration is you have got to become more trustworthy with you and go back and parent that little girl, both the, the little girl that felt like she was abandoned, the little girl who felt like she was misaccused and misunderstood and doubted. Like if your own integrity is doubted by your own mother, that's definitely going to create some issues around trust. Yeah. But that was her doubt. And you don't need to take that on. Yeah. I, I feel that I'm very understanding with other people. Like I I have forgiven my father, or at least I think I have. You know, I, th- I know that we're all human and we all go through phases and we find ways to manifest the, the confusion that is within Um I totally understand my mom and that she was doing the best she could. She is my hero for, you know, doing such a good job under such hard circumstances. And I, I make sure I tell I tell her that a lot, that I, you know, that she is my pride and joy and that she's um, my role model, as in if she could go through that and so many other things that she's been through, then I can do anything. Uh, but I don't think I'm that understanding and forgiving with myself. Right. Right. And you definitely need to be. And I love that you are, you respect your mom and honor her choices. I wouldn't make her your role model. Yeah. But that's probably choosing to replay what I definitely don't want for my life. Right. 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 Honor her, respect her, but cut some cords. And also, I love that you've done the forgiveness. I love that you've released a lot of the judgment. But truly for forgiveness to, for us to really feel like we've forgiven, Mm -hmm. we have to stop letting our past be the reason that we don't have what we want. Yeah. And we do that through integration. We do that with like enough already. Like that person didn't give me what I need. I'm going to give it to myself. We become 
our own advocate. We become our own parent. We become responsible. Yeah. So the just forgiving them and thanking them and understanding them, that's the first part of forgiveness. But the second part of forgiveness is really cutting the cords and taking responsibility for our life and being like, you weren't able to do this, but I will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she, she and my father also will be very happy to see that I don't live those issues anymore, that I have moved on into a healthier, happier way of living. And that's beautiful and do it for you. Yeah. Was this helpful? Very, very. Yeah. It is very reassuring to, to know the path to the solution. And, um, even though it's not going to be easy because behaviors don't change, uh, like that, it's very, um, helpful to know how to. Yes. And, and that I, it's possible. I wouldn't affirm that it's not going to be easy. It'll be different. It'll be new. But you keeping your word with yeah. yourself and being kind to your little girl, that can be easy. You loving yourself and trusting yourself, that can be easy. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Natalie, again, for your vulnerability, your honesty, and bringing such a common obstacle up in our coaching session. Like I said in the intro, moving from awareness to integration is where I see so many people get stuck. So like I promised you in the intro, I'm going to break down the phases of personal growth that I've observed from my perspective. First, I just want to give you the full information on the book that I mentioned. It's called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Remember that as a listener, you get a free trial of Audible. I'm listening to it on Audible right now. So you could go to audibletrial.com slash over it and on with it. We'll put that in the show notes as well and get your free trial and check out this book. I'm I'm actually listening to it and, and really just learning so much about it. So Check it out, audibletrial.com slash over it and on with it. And the book is called Attached. So about two years ago, I wrote a blog on how to accept where you are and move to the next level in terms of our personal growth journey. And after witnessing so many, including myself, on the path of transformation, I've noticed there are developmental phases to personal growth. And it's important to know where we are in the process so we can not have expectations to be further along and move into acceptance of where we are understand the phase that we're in and the phase that's ahead of us. So we have directions in terms of where we're headed, except where other people are in their journey with more compassion and understanding. Now, every person is different. This is not a one size fits all model, but I find it fits many. And you may go back and repeat the phases when an expectation hangover triggers a new awareness or new insights inspire new learning. So take this in, see what resonates with it. Like I said, this is not like Everyone does it exactly this way, but I've noticed patterns and here's what I've seen. So phase one is just being completely asleep. So most of you listening are not in this phase because you wouldn't be drawn to the show. If you were asleep, you wouldn't resonate with my work. So yay, you're awake. But I bet you remember being asleep when your old story conditioning and fears ruled you. In this phase, it's common for us to play the victim and believe we don't have the power or ability to change our own life. Blame over responsibility, fear, and lack of fulfillment are common when we're asleep. Then something happens, like an expectation hangover, and we move to phase two, 
awakening. We reach a point where we're so disappointed or thrown off course that we wake up and start paying more attention to why we are the way we are. We begin to learn that the results in our life are not just random. This is when the tools, teachers, and experiences come into our life that help us wake up. We begin to start connecting the dots of our own life. We also begin to understand that all of us on this human journey are here to learn, grow, and remember who we are. This is a time of lots of aha moments, some of which are exciting. Others are downright surprising, often upsetting. Phase three, integration. This is a doozy and often the longest phase because this is when we shift from knowing things to actually changing things. If you feel like you have a lot of information, like a lot of fancy things in your kitchen, but things in your life are not shifting, you're not able to cook anything up, welcome to integration phase. Time to roll up your sleeves. This is a time we need to drop our story, update our programming. That's when we do the most courageous emotional work to heal those issues. It's also the phase when we get a lot of do-overs, which are opportunities to respond to a similar situation in a different way. One of the most powerful ways to heal and break a pattern is when we're experiencing it. So the awareness phase provides us with great aha moments, but it often takes actually being triggered in those kind of moments for transformation to occur. Phase four, acceptance. We move into this phase once our programming has shifted. We think, we behave, and we feel different. We're not a new person. In fact, we're more authentically ourselves than ever before because limiting beliefs and old stories have been dropped. Does this mean we're totally evolved and never have anything to work on? No, sorry, still human. Yet we've integrated so many tools and shifted so much that when an expectation hangover happens, we move into acceptance more quickly. We stop fighting with reality and either accept or change it. And phase five is application and service. When we're not as focused as we're on working on ourselves or changing our own lives, instead we're focused on a bigger vision and helping to transform the lives of others. We feel called to share the love we feel. The truth that we are light and love is not just something we know, it's something we feel and radiate. Many people want to jump to this phase when they're actually still in the integration phase. So be patient with yourself and your journey. There's no gold star or rush when it comes to your evolution. As I mentioned, Not a one-size-fits-all approach, but it fits many. There's not one phase that's better than the next because they're all rich with learning. Like I said, you may go back and repeat the phases. You're always growing. You're always evolving. So I hope that helps. I'll link this up in the show notes too. I did a video on it. And sometimes, especially those of you that are visual, you like to read those things. But as you can see, so much of this coaching call was shifting Natalie from that awareness into integration and a huge thing for her is around trust. So I'm going to wrap up today's episode and talk to you about how important trust is. You must stop doubting yourself. You must stop breaking your word with yourself in terms of your commitments and your self-care. And if you do, consciously renegotiate with yourself. When we don't have self-trust, oh, it's torture because we can't hear our intuition We agonize over decision and we're looking for someone out there or something out there to give us the answer or make us feel safe. And no one else and nothing else can do it. No relationship, no psychic, no therapist, no job, no amount of money, no losing 10 pounds, nothing. It all is an inside job. So if you resonated with Natalie and you have that awareness that trust has been an issue, maybe there's been abandonment or chaos in your past, it is time to reparent yourself to find that safety and security within and start to trust yourself. Really, there's no reason not to trust yourself. If there's anyone you can count on, it's you. So start proving that to yourself by not breaking your word to yourself. 
And don't forget to tune into this week's Coach's Corner, where I talk about ghosting and flaking. And if you missed last week's Coach's Corner, Joe, who's worked with me for eight years, and I talked about the beauty of enrollment. So if you're in a service-based business, if you're a coach of any kind or in any kind of service-based business, go listen to this because we talk about how to get over obstacles when it comes to enrollment. All right, everybody, sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Hey, everybody, it's Heather Dubrow. Come join me for Heather Dubrow's World exclusively on Podcast One. We have so many fun conversations and great guests. Recently, Corinne Olympios from The Bachelor was here. Suzanne Summers, Matt Eisman, Tamara Judge, my buddy, was here. All kinds of really fun. Randy Jackson, Kellen Lutz. I didn't let him bite me. Join me every Friday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.